You are listening to The Current Podcast, the official podcast of UC San Diego's IT Services Department. I'm your host, Miguel Rodriguez. Today is Wednesday, March 9th. Get ready for what's turning into our weekly UC Tech update. Last week, we mentioned our dates. August 15th through 17th, if you missed it. And if you forgot to write that down, or really anything, fret not, because now we have an updated website. Get thee to uctech.ucsd.edu, where we are still looking for volunteers. So fill out that volunteer interest form. And thank you to all of you who have already indicated that you would love to join the team. In other news, we are one week away from the next Tech Talk, which is March 16th at 11.30 a.m. You'll hear from the team masterminding the Enterprise Identity Management Project, so you know that's going to be a fun one. And two weeks from today, plan for the next Staff Town Hall. That one is March 23rd at 2 p.m. Register now at returntolearn.ucsd.edu. And finally, here's one for all of you tech and math nerds out there. It's next Monday, and you know what I'm talking about. It's Pi Day, 314. The fine folks at the Staff Association are hosting Triton Treats, Pie and Cold Brew at 1.30 p.m. on the Sun God Lawn. Now, on to today's interview. We are joined by Scott Althaus, who recently submitted his Snippets of Our Lives video that you can watch on The Current In the snippet, Scott shares his diverse hobbies, such as stand-up comedy, video game development, and Lego models. We caught up with Scott for our backstory on how he got interested in these hobbies and where he finds the time. And to get you primed and ready, we're going to play a few clips of his comedy, and our interview will pick up on the other side. So I recently read that drinking can be harmful to your health. So I immediately made a New Year's resolution. No more reading. (laughs) So I'd like to say that I started my new diet to lose 10 pounds, and after three days, I've only got 15 to go. (laughs) So my neighbor knocked on my door at 2.30 in the morning. Can you believe it? 2.30. Lucky for him, I was still up playing my drums. This is Mark Herzberger. Today I'm joined by Scott Althaus. He's a programmer in the HGH Services uh, Division of IT Services. Scott, welcome to the pod. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me. We wanted to bring you on and follow up on uh, some of the many uh, fun and unique hobbies we saw in the recent snippet of our lives video that you submitted. And dear listener, I encourage everybody to get the immediately to thecurrent.ucsd.edu if you want to see Scott's video, but we're going to dive into some of the hobbies uh, a bit more. But Scott, why don't we start with uh, what do you do for us here in IT services? Sure. Well, I'm a software consultant basically in the .NET Microsoft technologies. And I basically enhance or build pieces of the UCSD website. I also work on certain specific applications that um, anyone would need in their department outside of pages of the UCSD website. So there's a conglomeration of things, basically. How long have you been at UCSD or IT services? Uh, two years now, going on, what are some going on my third year. So. Okay. 
And what are, what are some of the jobs you had uh, previous to joining this fine institution? Well, I've been doing this for a while. So I've been uh, basically, I've always been a .NET engineer of some sort. I've worked in the medical industry. I've worked in marketing agencies, you name it, insurance. Uh, I don't know if I can say specific companies, but I worked at Intuit before this one. Mm-hmm. So if you have a problem with your taxes, it's probably a bug I put in the software. No, just kidding. And is that what you went to school for, like computer science or something? Yeah, I'm actually one of those people that went to college for exactly what they wanted to be. But I did switch majors a few times. I started out as I was going to be a doctor, but that's way, way too much studying for my uh, short attention span. Um, And so I switched to computer science and actually graduated at the University of Iowa with a degree in computer science. What is it about uh, working at UC San Diego that attracted you uh, you when you took the job a couple of years ago? I'll tell you straight up, this is the first job I've had that's not basically corporate America, I would describe it as where you had a, like at Intuit was a great example. You had a CEO and you had deadlines. So they wanted everything yesterday. Uh, here at UCSD, they're not, I mean, still, I still have deadlines, but the stress is way less and the people here are great. I work with, and I like the, the hybrid work schedule now. And so uh, it's really a good place to work. Yeah. I'm with you there. I worked at UPS for over 10 years before here. And uh, I do not miss the monthly uh, P&L statements or uh, EBIT that was tracked religiously and <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. We at companies where we have daily, you know, stand-up meetings, and it's just yeah, a little bit more stressful. <laughs> so you had a lot of uh, interesting hobbies that you covered in the snippets. Maybe we'll just quickly go in order. So you talked in there about both um, stand-up comedy and some like YouTube-type videos. So what is it about comedy, or how did you get into comedy, and how long have you been doing it? Sure. Well. I'm sure you can tell from this podcast that I'm super funny. So <laughs> looks aren't everything, man. <laughs> so I guess I've I've been told that I'm both left and right brained. Uh, I actually my passion and what I wanted to go to school for was to become an actor, but I knew that that was super risky and you had to be super lucky and in the right place, right time, and that sort of thing. So I opted for the safer route of uh, computer science. I took some acting classes or whatnot. But like most people have a fear of speaking in front of an audience. And I prefer to do that. Like I, I love to do that sort of thing and be the entertainer in the room. And, you know, I was a class clown in high school and, you know, I reached for the funny pages back when we had newspapers. That was the first section I went to. So as I get older, I'm like, well, I'm not getting any younger. So I started doing stand up. I guess about 10 years ago, and I would actually go to open mic nights. And I mean, it was sort of, I guess, fulfilling my passion, but not really, because in those open mic nights, it's usually just other people trying to be comedians. And so we don't always laugh at each other's jokes. You know, you're just waiting your turn to go up. And sometimes you have to get put in a lottery and you don't even get to go up. So I was every, you know, a couple of times a week, I was going at 10 o'clock at night. And it's like, after a couple of years, that sort of drained on me. So when I moved down to California, I didn't really do that. And then I'm like, I need to do something. So then someone suggested I try doing it on social media. After I started doing that, it's like, I'm doing, you know, a couple of day. Now I'm doing, you know, post them on the different social medias and those accounts are growing steadily, you know, slowly, but surely. And so that's, I feel like even if I don't ever make any money off it or I'm reaching out, you know, millions of people. So, even, you know, I don't have millions of followers, but you know, maybe someday. So I feel like that's, I guess, more productive than going to open mic nights. And I've got like from the snippets you've seen, I've got the whole setup of the, the backdrop of the brick wall and microphone and added a laugh track and all that stuff. 
Um, how would you describe your comedy? What's the uh, kind of prevailing theme of, or style of your comedy? I guess I would characterize it as dry comedy, but it's clean comedy. Um, I'm not trying to offend anyone, but that's really difficult to do when you're doing stand-up. But a lot of it is misdirection. What's your creative or joke writing process like? So what I do actually is obviously I take my phone everywhere I go. And I, if I see something funny, like we were doing axe throwing this weekend, I and mean, I could not make the axe stick for whatever. And I'm like, hey, we should probably get a video of this, you know? And so I did that and put some music to it. And, you know, it got a couple thousand views or whatever. But several times a day, I'll get, oh, idea. And I'll, you know, open up my notes on my phone. And I mean, I used to do it on in a text file. I'd wait till I got home. Or I used to carry a notepad and paper. But now I just put it in my phone. Like, oh, this is a something happened. Like a lot of stuff is from my childhood a lot of stuff is situation i'm i'm actually well, i don't want to brag but i'm good at situational stuff like in a meeting or something or out with friends and something happens like i can a quick wit you know come up with a solution but it's a lot harder to just stand in front of an audience without <laughs> any situation just having to write it from scratch but yeah a lot of it is stuff i've written down daily or i've been making this list for five years so i just keep picking from that and hoping the well doesn't run dry which thankfully it hasn't yet so to like or how do you engage with the audience because you know, if you're at a comedy show you can see them they're laughing versus if you put the video up you know it's, it's still kind of a bit one way maybe there's comments and stuff but so how do you get audience feedback or how do you get that kind of engagement Sure. So it's changed over the years when I was doing stand-up or other comedians would give you advice. And, and I even took a class actually when I got to San Diego. And so I had mentors telling me, you know, how to deliver and control the room and all that stuff. But I started when COVID hit, I started doing stand-up in our Zoom calls. We had like an 8.30 in the morning meeting once a week that was just, you know, we're not going to talk about work. So we have some type of interaction. I didn't do that every week, but a couple of times I would just do the stand-up there. And, and even in the, the weekly meetings we had where we, we give our reports, because I can't hear anybody. So I've learned to just see their reactions. You know, I can, I can tell when they're laughing, even though I can't hear it. And now on the social media, you know, I was checking it every 10 minutes when I first started, but now I check it a couple of times a day and I respond to comments and everyone that comments. I really pay attention to what people are asking for because they're going to help me grow or whatever. But one guy had a good comment and said, you really should add, you know, laughter or, you know, don't be so stiff when doing comments. So I've had all these comments. Luckily, I'm waiting for the one person to, you know, give me a bad comment, like a I don't know, an old boss or something that's, hey, you know, whatever. But I haven't had that yet. All of them so far have been pretty positive. So, but yeah, and the laugh track is was probably one of the biggest ones. I, it's funny when you first start and I'm just holding the camera in front of my face to now where I've got a few apps that I do and I can like edit the videos. When I was first doing it and I was doing different characters, I would do one character and I would go switch clothes and do the next character. And it, it took like an hour to do, you know, a minute skit, but now you can do the same person all at once and then do the next person and then splice the videos and stuff. So it's, <laughs> I can't believe the way I used to do it compared to how I do it now. So Who are the comedy acts that uh, you like or, or are inspired by? Yeah, it's, whew, that's a big list. When I was younger, it was Johnny Carson. Carol Burnett was one of my favorites. And then there's so many. There's uh, Joe Coy, Jerry Seinfeld, obviously his you know long running series. Richard Pryor, the pioneers, if you will. Sammy Davis Jr., a lot of the older guy. All right, why don't we transition a little? Another thing from the snippet uh, that I was just personally amazed by. I think I see it in your <laughs> office there, but what do you got? Like six or eight screens for different oh, uh, computer wizardry and the video game development caught my attention you know, to develop a video game what's the crossover of the other like computer skills that you do like for your day job sure sure i like telling this story actually so when i was a kid uh, i had an apple IIe and so you had word games 
And there was this series called Eamon, E-A-M-O-N, which it was just a word game. And I used to break into that. Back then, the games were a lot harsher. Like you'd walk into a pit and you'd die. Your whole character would die. And I had one game I was playing where it's like, oh, you destroyed the universe. We're going to delete your characters as well as all the other characters on your disc. And so it's like, that's really cruel. <laughs> so I would break into the code and because you were creating new characters all the time. And so I'm not going to rebuild this character because it would get you know better as it as you went on. So I would give them you know, better hit points and better stats on this, the sword or whatever, you know, back to when I was you know 10 years old, I'm like, I really would like to, to build one of those. And, and I tried several times with Microsoft had a software called XNA. I tried to do that. And it was just really, really difficult, but now sort of like the social media apps, like they want you to, to put content out there because, you know, they may get sponsors the sponsors make money. Everyone's making money. So now they've done that with video games where they unity, this software called unity that I use, actually is the game engine. So you you can either build a model like you, in that video, I had a little night. So I actually bought that off of another you know, company that just builds the models. And that's it's a whole dungeon that has the walls, has the, the swords, the characters, whatever. So for 80 bucks, whatever, I bought all those. And then you have to paste them into the Unity and then you've got to manipulate them through, which luckily that's C sharp, which is the language I've been working with for 20 years. So, so basically what you saw in that video took me a while because it's two characters running at each other and then they're swinging a sword and i don't think it was in the video but you have their health at the top and then when they die they fall over well that's just the tip of the iceberg i've, I've got to add inventory system and be able to switch out weapons like right now they can just hold the one sword i don't have any way to switch out weapons or whatnot and so once i get that core coding done then i can it's basically just building levels i mean, spent a fair amount of time in the video on legos where does the you know what's the backstory of your interest in uh, lego I actually had no idea. I built them as a kid and then I just sort of, I always thought they were cool. And then they came out with Star Wars Legos and the, the really big ones. And so now I'm like, oh, those are really cool. You know, I've had a lot of these I've had for years and then sort of migrated more to the, they call them the Ultimate Collector Series. So like the bigger Legos. And now you, when you saw with Mario, that's actually, I bought the instructions off eBay, uh, individually buy the bricks and it's expensive. So I don't buy them all at once, you know, and sometimes, oh, I didn't get enough of these or whatever. And so, so it takes six months to build one of those. So wait, you're saying these more elaborate ones don't come in a box with all the pieces. If you want to build like these big statues, you're saying you're finding the instructions somewhere online and then you got to go figure out which individual pieces, shapes, and colors to get to make it work. Yeah, yes and no. Like the Saturn V, the rocket that I showed in the video, that is a Lego. The rocket itself, but the stand, the launch pad is not manufactured by Lego, but there's those sites out there where they give you all the Lego pieces and the instruction. I mean, it's not Lego, but it's some other knockoff brand or whatever. And so that is one of those. But so that one comes with all the pieces, but Mario is not. It is just the instructions and I have to get the Legos myself. So so, you know, you got a full-time job and uh, all these hobbies. When do you sleep? <laughs> well, I have an immediate family, but I don't have a significant other children. So two seconds into the video, I knew you didn't have kids. <laughs> yeah, like, there's no way a married guy could have all this stuff and have it intact with kids around for sure. But yeah, so I'm never one of those people that say, oh, I don't have enough time because I feel like, you know, if you're sitting there watching TV, which I do, but it's like, I mean, you want to enjoy life, I, I think. So you don't want to always be, oh, I'm always, you know, working or always, you know, building like, you know, I need some downtime, but it's like, instead of sitting there, I'm like, oh, I could be, you know, I'm passionate about this. I could do that. And I'm not saying I'm more productive than anybody. You know, I sleep eight hours a day. I love sleeping, but mm -hmm. you know, I try to 
be active as much as I can. I know I'm, you know, I'm not getting any younger. And so, you know, and some days I don't feel like doing anything. And so then I just, you know, I don't, but when I feel energized and productive, then I make sure I make the most of it. Cause I know it's not gonna last forever. So. Well, I, I would assume too, uh, especially the early days of the age of COVID probably had a even extra time for these kinds of things, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I thought I was super independent and then COVID hit and I'm like, wow, I, I'm a people person, people pleaser is my personality type. And so to be alone, it's like, I had to pick up some of these hobbies or you know, take my mind off the fact that I can't go anywhere, can't do anything. So, and it's funny because on the social media, you, you see a lot of people like, oh, I picked this up because of COVID or whatever. So I'm like, I learned to jump rope. All the videos are just fancy jump roping tricks. So I've been doing it for two years because I have nothing else to do. So well, Scott, we appreciate you joining us here on uh, the current podcast. You're a very interesting guy. Again, appreciate you submitting the video and appreciate your time here again on the podcast. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Mark. I sure hope you're enjoying this podcast. Remember to let your fellow IT services staff members know that this podcast exists. Get everyone to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you can get your podcasts. This podcast is a collaborative effort, and we want to hear from you. If you have any ideas for podcasts or topics, send them to me at its-podcast at ucsd.edu. That's it for today. Keep an ear out for the next episode of The Current Daily.